0: ABCR FM, Loudonville, Albany. Proudly owned and operated by Siena College, a Franciscan institution. 88, 88,
1: 88.3, 88.3, the Welcome to the Saints and Alumni Show here on WBCR 88.3 The Saint. It is Friday, May 13th, and it is commencement weekend here at Siena. I'm your host, Brandon Murphy, class of 2017, and this week I am joined by Darren Tully, class of 1992, founder and chief of possibilities at Ignite Happy, and he is also the author of a brand new how-to guide to live your best life Called Live Your Possible, that you can find on Amazon and at ignitehappy.com today. We have a great lineup talking about Darren Sienna story his company Ignite Happy, and his brand new book. So stay with us. We'll be right back here on 88.3 The Saint. Hey, you found us. 88.3 The Saint. Welcome back to the Saints and Alumni Show here on WBCR 88 pray the Saint. I'm your host, Brandon Murphy, class of 2017, and Associate Director of Alumni Relations. And we're sitting down today at the cusp of commencement weekend with special guest, Darren Tully, class of 1992, founder and chief of possibilities at Ignite Happy. And he just wrote a brand new book hitting Amazon called Live Your Possible. We have a lot to unpack today. We're going to talk about Darren's uh, time at Siena and his journey after Siena and what Ignite Happy is all about and the book Live Your Possible. As a reminder to everyone listening today, even though it's on WBCR 883 The Saint, after the show, anywhere you get your podcast, you can listen to the Saints and Alumni Show and take a look at all of the past podcast episodes that we do have. But first, Darren, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today on Friday, this commencement weekend. How are you doing today?
0: Hey, Brendan, I'm excited to be here. You know, thanks so much. Uh, I'm doing well. Um, I'm happy to uh, connect you today and to uh, ignite joyful possibilities for you and your audience. And I think
1: this couldn't have been a better timing for you to be here with us on the show. It's commencement weekend. We're approaching your 30th reunion, my fifth, endless possibilities that we can talk about with our alumni. And we want to unpack that in that second segment of the show and talk about the book and the company. But first, I kind of want to rewind the tapes because it is commencement weekend. And this time of year, the nostalgia just hits me. So many things come back to me, and working on the Senior Gift Campaign, I hear about all the seniors, their unique story, each and every one of them that they have, and their Sienna experience. And I kind of want the audience to learn about your Sienna experience. How did you come to Sienna? What were you involved in? And why does Sienna mean so much to you? And we had talked a little bit about that before the show, that you had a great Sienna experience. So let's take it back to to the early, late 80s and 90s time of great music, a lot of great energy around campus, and tell the audience how you ended up at Siena. Was there a driving factor that got you here? Did you have any Siena connections uh, that kind of helped you choose to come here and be a saint?
0: Yeah, Brandon, I, you know, Siena, yeah, you're right. This is the type of year it brings a lot of memories, nostalgia, a lot of, a lot of good conversation with friends and family. You know, I, I first got introduced to Siena because my sister went there Uh, she was uh, a grad she was graduating the year I was a senior in high school and uh, I remember attending campus uh, going to a few events going to some basketball games checking out different sporting events I actually uh, met the soccer coach because I ended up playing soccer here you know there at Siena and uh, you know as soon as I I went to Siena I felt at home I mean it was it was more than just my sister being there it was it was everybody that I, that I met, it was her friends, it was the coaches, it was the friars, it was all the activities and the people that I met as I was walking around campus. I just, I could sense the genuine care and interest that people had in people that were there, people that were part of the community. And that was my biggest draw. I mean, it was just, you know, as I think about and go back, it's it's all about the people at Siena. It's about the community and how how we give and help each other out and how we welcome each other for who we are.
1: You talk about your sister being at Siena. my brother actually was a, a senior at Siena when i was he was a junior at Siena when i was a senior in high school and i remember visiting him all the time siblings weekend family weekend i would always tell my parents i don't need to come and go on like an official visit at Siena because yeah. ryan is my official visit i get to come and yeah. see him all the time and i got to have those Siena experiences before I was even a saint. And I knew that there was that family and that special connection once you got on campus. So when you were on campus, you talked about the people that you met, you talk about playing soccer at Siena. Can you elaborate a little bit on those types of experiences? Were you involved yeah. in any clubs on campus, favorite soccer memories uh, that you still think about today?
0: Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, you, I, I gotta start with my friends, the friends I, I met at, at uh, Siena. Are my friends for life, and we connect all the time. We 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 meet off cycle. We have a reunion coming up, our thirtieth reunion in a couple of weeks, which I, I can't believe it's thirty years. Uh, so it, you know, to me, it's it's those it's those moments who you meet and who you stay connected with. Uh, you know, people ask me, my kids ask me, like, hey, where would you go now if you you know based on what you know about all their schools? And I would say I would go back. I I wouldn't want to miss out being a saint missing missing out on meeting these, these friends that I've had for a lifetime. And we had, we had a blast going around campus. We, we took advantage of playing intramurals. Uh, we, we were uh, our senior year, we were champions. So I have to say in basketball, so that was kind of fun. Uh, we were the Gamecocks, class of 92. And um, you know, I, I played soccer, that was great too. I met wonderful teammates and friends there. Uh, I, thought, um, I thought that was a great experience, being able to travel and, and check out other campuses, meet other, other players, other teams. Uh, you know, as a team, you know we did a nice job, uh, really interacting and working, working well together. I, I remember a funny moment. I didn't, I didn't start the games, but I, we had an assistant coach that really wanted me to play. So he actually called up our coach at the time, who I knew. So it was, he put, a, pulled a prank on him, and basically said he was my father, saying he really needed to see me play. He was going to be attending, and my dad never showed up that game, but the assistant coach kind of put it into our head coach to put me in and actually scored that game. So it was kind of ironic and, and a bit of luck, but it was kind of fun. It kind of a funny memory. Um, you know, the other thing too about the sports at CNN too, one of my fondest memories is when in 1989 when the team won in the NCAA tournament, it was phenomenal, right? It was a big upset against Stanford. And you talk about community. It didn't matter who you were, what you looked like, where you came from, what your orientation might be. We became one family because we won together. It was phenomenal. And it's something that I'll never forget. It reminds me that we can come together. Sometimes we just need an event or we need something to work on together. And that's one of them. Uh, Other you know, things that Sienna too, I just felt I felt the classes were quite engaging. And and I love the uh, when you think about the curriculum, the liberal arts curriculum. I, I think about this one class in particular called sociology. It was called leisure. So my parents, you can imagine, were saying, you're taking a leisure class, right? So, And I was an accounting major. And I have to say, it's actually one of the classes that I remember every day, because it it taught me this wheel of life, which was all about balance. And you think about the spokes of a wheel, all the different parts of our life, that if there's any part of our life that's not working or broken, you think about that wheel, it's kind of like, it's kind of broken, you kind of like stop and pause, and it affects everything else. So it's one of those things that I always remind myself that, hey, you got to stay balanced and if there's something not right, you got to make sure we address it. And if there's other folks that are impacting that, you, you know, you have to figure that out. And um, it's a simple message, but that's, that's part of the whole CNOA, way, right? Making sure everything is in balance and check. You're, you're thinking about things to get it right, not trying to be right and, and trying to do the best with who you're around.
1: You bring back so many memories for me even now. My freshman year, you know, we had the CBI basketball championship on campus. We came together as that community and we won the cbi my freshman year and it was great to have a thousand students in that student section in 2017 we did lose in the mac finals to iona but we brought like 55 buses down to the mvp arena but used to be the times union and we would have all of these students and chants and going on and we had probably 10 sections of people just you know filling up the tu and it was great and i always love having these alumni on to talk a little bit about those types of experiences and i know there's also influential people at Siena that helped with those experiences as well was there anybody in particular that that you still think about that helped guide your path at Siena and even after Siena
0: uh, Wow, there's there's a lot of folks you know to pick up where you left off one of the things that I thought was a lot of fun is we were part of the rowdies the Siena rowdies so I was actually one of the um, one of the leaders I got to put the events together and that was phenomenal. The folks I would work with there, Mike coach, Mike Dean at the time was, he would work with us on how we would prepare for the next game about who we wanted us to, uh, to really get after on the other team. So that was a lot of fun. He would actually play soccer with us too, from time to time. Um, you know, I got to say a few people come to mind, Mrs. V and saga. You might've heard Mrs. V she's, she's infamous. She's, she's a legend. Uh, you know, she would welcome people with a smile, with a joke. And it's a good message that we could enter any room, any part of the world. We can make a difference just how we enter and say hello. Like she, that, that's what she did. She set the tone no matter where you are in life. That was awesome. There was another teacher called Mr. Trees. He taught economics.
1: Dr. Trees. He's still here Dr. teaching Trees. economics. I had Is him. that right. Yeah. I came in wow. under business and I knew business wasn't for my, so I went to psychology, but Dr. Trees, he's still here teaching.
0: Yeah. In the manner of how he did it with, with humor uh, with humility, um, you know, showing what ability is versus disability and how we would go about that, right. He would show us how to persevere through, through, uh, you know, the, the items that he had overcome and and he would share that in his teachings. And to me, that's a lifelong lesson, how to persevere through any kind of setback or any kind of, uh, item that might be a barrier. And then, you know, lastly is father Jerome, father Jerome was the friar on my, on my floor. He, I used to call him father jolly. He was the kind of guy that would come up to you and just give you a hug, say hello, check in. He he embodied the spirit of Sienna. He, he showed genuine care and interest. His his smile would light up the room. Like you couldn't not smile <laughs> when he comes in the room, Father Jolly Jerome. Uh, so I, I just, I'm thankful for that because he was my, he was basically one of my parents when my parents weren't there, right? He was, he was always checking in. He wasn't trying to oversee me or take take control of what i was doing he wanted to check in making sure i was doing good and on the right path and it's such a nice nice blessing to have that especially at Siena, to have that type of environment
1: that's what was great about you know going to the dining hall i could go in there i could sit i could be by myself but one of the professors would come one of the friars would come and they'd sit down with you just have a casual open conversation and they would give you life advice they would ask about the week how everything was going, ask about the family and that's so unique about Siena. You know it's 3,000 students but you feel like everybody knows you and everybody wants to make sure that you have that best Siena experience. And we're talking about the class of 2022 and commencement weekend is approaching and we're tied to radius. So we have about two minutes left but you brought up just a few moments ago that balance and that wheel and how that wheel can keep spinning and it kind of ties into Ignite Happy and the book that you just published. Is the one brief you know, life advice, you know, thought that you have for the class of 2022 as they embark with their life after Siena?
0: Yeah, as, as you think about embarking on new beginnings and as you celebrate where you've come from, I would ask you to live with wonderment and stay connected with your highest purpose.
1: And that's that's really going to lead us into Ignite Happy and Live Your Possible, a brand new book, really a how-to guide on how to live your best life we're going to get into it in the second segment, so stay with us. We have a lot to unpack here on WBCR 88 Praying Through the Saint. We'll be right back. Your Siena College Connection, 88.3, The Saint. Welcome back to The Saints and Alumni Show here on WBCR 88 Praying Through the Saint. I'm your host, Brandon Murphy, Class of 2017, Associate Director of Alumni Relations, with special guest here on commencement weekend, Darren Tully, Class of 1992, founder and chief of possibilities at Ignite Happy and author of his brand new book, Live Your Possible, that we're about to unpack in this segment. And Darren, you have made your life about helping others, helping within your community and helping other people live their life to the fullest. And that goes right down to the roots of it with your family and where you're living. And you've been coaching youth sports 20 plus years. You've been coaching your, both your son and your daughter in all sports that they want to do. Can you talk a little bit about what your family means to you? What you what coaching has meant to you? I think it might be your last season coaching, and kind of how that was a driving force with Ignite Happy and Olivia Possible.
0: Yeah, I'd love to, Brandon. Uh, yeah, as far as my family, my my wife's a psychotherapist, and she's yeah she's been instrumental with me thinking through how my life ex- experiences are connecting in the world in a different way, you know, connecting with happiness and connecting with how to, to really welcome in and invite the world in differently. So she's been phenomenal. Uh, not too many instances I'm sitting on the couch. Thank goodness. Uh, uh, but with, you know, we also have a couple of dogs. We have a couple of dogs that we've had that are guide dogs They're part of the guiding eyes for the community. So these dogs have, have puppies and they go back out into the blind community to help, to help provide guidance and, uh, provide um, a way of seeing because they can't see, uh, folks can't see. Um, so there's just a lot of love there that I've learned from that as far as what they've gone through and how they give back as well. Now, as far as coaching, I volunteered coaching, uh, gosh, 12 seasons ago, 12 years ago. Uh, and I am in my 30th season, my last season, I guess 30 is the commonality, 30th year reunion, I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> and 30th season of coaching. Uh, I never I never thought that I would be Coaching that many seasons, but I ended up loving it. Uh, I love being with my kids. I love teaching kids the sport, how to grow, how to get better, how to believe in themselves, how to believe in other teammates. Uh, and, and I have to say that really has led me to be a better leader, better person in the community. And there's a, there's a couple experiences in particular. One with my son, where we had a team that we were pretty good in the league, and we had a we had a, a game where we were actually up by 18 points at halftime. We ended up losing at the buzzer and we debriefed as a team and I asked the team, what could we have done better? And each of the members, the team members actually shared something they were vulnerable about and committed to getting better. And I was in awe that each of these kids felt comfortable enough to do that. And I felt like I needed to do the same. I wasn't the kind, motivating leader that I had promised to be as a coach. I actually was pretty, I was pretty negative and pretty, I was, I was really not my best self as a coach. And I admitted that to the team. And we committed to change the rest of the way. We ended up actually winning the championship that year. Just the vulnerability of being open and we were going to grow together as, as one team. Uh, that's pretty important. And then secondly, my daughter's team, basketball team, weren't, they weren't as good. They weren't winning games. We had to learn a lot of skills. We went, to, we went to the point where we had to really develop skills and we had to kind of bribe with ice cream or I would wear a wig as the, as the male coach. We did the things we needed to do to improve and we actually won our last game. So, albeit we didn't win a championship, we got better, right? We grew, and that's how that's that's really inspired me to be a better person. I've had to grow throughout my life, and I've had to really instill that and ignite happy. How do I be a better leader? How do I have people believe in themselves? How do I get people to move forward to really live their possible? To me, I get joy out of it more than anything else, and I'm seeing people light up too.
1: My my father coached me all throughout, you know, little league baseball, but even up to high school baseball, high school soccer. And it was just so great to have him, you know, on the bus on away games, and then taking us, you know, to McDonald's afterwards. But also yeah. getting those life lessons from your dad, but also from a coaching aspect too, and, and learning how to be a better person. And that kind of flows into to what Ignite Happy is all about. And we had talked a little bit before the show about my journey, and I had taught in Thailand, and we had this saying called "My Pen Rai. Don't worry, life is good. And that was kind of my mission as we were teaching in Thailand and having that journey. And Ignite Happy has a mission of itself to help people live their best life uh, and to help people grow on a continuous basis. Can you elaborate a little bit on how Ignite Happy came about and what the mission of the company is?
0: Yeah, happy to talk about that. You know, briefly, I, I have always been someone that was giving back and kind and caring and actually... Had an awakening that I wasn't doing that fully. I actually was at a diversity inclusion event, and uh, I recognized uh, I was taking peop, care of people that were similar to me, and I wasn't welcoming differences or folks that maybe looked differently than me. There were maybe people I people just didn't hang I didn't hang out with, and I recognized I could do better. So I needed to change my purpose, and I didn't realize that until I had a moment where it was a light up moment with my daughter. I was with my daughter, and she was having dessert one day, and it was actually Italian ice was water watermelon Italian ice and um I was looking at my smartphone hanging out with my daughter really not doing either one that well she finished the Italian ice I put my phone down I took it took a look at her she was really beaming and out of the corner of my eye I saw the back of the lid of this watermelon Italian ice lid and it was actually a one-eyed smile and it was looking at me it was it was like it was lit up itself it was upside down and I shared it with my daughter And as you know, I was looking for differences at that point in time. And she lit up like, oh, my God, that's an amazing connection. And I started to light up because she lit up. And I started to realize where my joy comes from. It comes from it within. And it sounds so basic yet. I really figured out it it wasn't about the next job. It wasn't about getting results. It wasn't about achievements. It's really about lighting people up that I care about around me or lighting people up in general. What I realized this one-eyed smile, which is is the logo on, on the front of my book wasn't upside down, I was, I needed to change. So as I started to write down stories about what that felt and what what really kind of passed through my eyes for my life, I started to write down experiences and memories and I started to recognize that, gosh, we could really make a difference back on how we actually care for people with empathy, service, service uh, serve with our heart, um, you know, serve in a different way in a manner that really is genuine. And I started to share stories in my book and then re- research and ask other people about that. And I started to learn in a different way that we can, we can spark this, we can ignite this, we can ignite humans, we can ignite workplaces, which will actually help us ignite our families and in our communities as well. So as, you know, as part of this, my path is kind of taking uh, hold of this book. I'm also going out doing speaking engagements to talk about and motivate uh, organizations in our communities, uh, even government agencies. Uh, I'm also out there coaching different leaders about how do we actually instill better creativity? How do we instill joy at work? How do we unleash the possibilities that are truly there for all of us individually and for our workplaces?
1: You talked a little bit about that spark that's inside of us all. And it's mentioned very briefly in the beginning of the book. And there's that story where it says, you have two matches to to light this fire in, in, in scout training, and you only get two chances to keep this fire burning. And we all have that ember or that spark inside of us, but we need it to keep burning every single day. And that book, Live Your Possible, is this how-to guide on how to do that can you break it down a little bit on the how-to guide how the book is structured a little bit you add some of these qr codes here and there in the book to kind of continue that education and, and to continue that journey for the reader how is that book structured
0: well brandon it's, it's structured in in a few different ways i'll start with it. it's a few different sections one is it gets you to learn a bit about where i'm coming from of some of my experiences and how i got here I'm helping to drive uh, a sense of urgency to get into a possible mindset that anything is possible, that you're possible. And the second section gets into a path of possibilities. There are eight steps that spell out the acronym POSSIBLE that allows you to take take a purposeful, intentional path that is really connecting to living with wonderment and connecting to a higher purpose, right? And then as you you get through that, that practice, you're actually practicing different steps at the end, you're actually putting it all together where you're actually seeing there's endless possibilities all around us for you, for the people you love, people you work with, your community at work, and you're practicing things differently, more confidently, more as your authentic self all over the place, and you're going to see things pop, and that's what's so amazing. You start to see things pop that you never recognized before, but I can promise you they're always there. You just couldn't see it.
1: And the listeners today are hearing all of this just saying, where, where can I buy this book? Anybody that's listening today, you can go to amazon.com. You can buy the book there, but you can also go to Darren's company, ignitehappy.com, and buy the book there as well. And to get that how-to guide to kick off your summer and, and your journey on how to live your possible. And the journey throughout the summer, we all have, you know, we, we commence, we go to, we leave Siena and, and we have that next path. The journey of writing this book, though, I'm sure that you've had one or two stories, maybe. You went to a conference or you went to some type of meeting and you met somebody that really inspired you to continue this journey in writing this book can you share one or two stories that you have uh, throughout the process
0: absolutely the, you know, the the book and the platform is really based on the foundation of happiness and inclusion you know, happiness is one of those things that i think we take lightly we kind of snark at it and people want to ask people to kind of snark at it or they think it's you got to have something or you got to buy something you got to eat something I mean, there's a lot of ads that say you have to get their product. And I re- realized that's pretty shallow. That's what we've taught ourselves in society. Yeah, happiness is ingrained in us. It's a mindset, it's a state of mind, it's our habits that, that actually matter. So I remember I had to go to different places to learn. I actually flew out to Copenhagen for a happiness conference because Copenhagen in Denmark is one of the areas that are they're known national worldwide globally. Actually, they're a top three country worldwide known for happiness. So I gotta go figure out why. And, and when I went to talk to people, went to the conference, what I recognize, it really is about community. It's about the fact that people care for each other. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter you know, what you represent, who you look like, what your orientation is. Everybody cares for each other. Back to that whole, and that's not us versus them. It's oneness. And that's what I, I took away to say, yeah, that's what we had at Siena. And we had that you know, sense of accomplishment as we won that big, you know, that big game in 1989, right? We became one. We need, to, we need to be able to see that. We need to rise people up. And what I recognize from that event is that we can do this. We have to really learn and be inclusive. So the other side of this is how do we open our minds to a higher purpose? How do we actually invite open mindedness with curiosity? How do we love each other in a different way? How do we rise each other up on an equal playing field so we can ignite these joyful possibilities? And there's a couple of quick stories on that is I, I had worked with some folks that either I was a mentor with or I was an ally to, And I was doing this thinking I needed to do that because of my role, who I am. And what I realized is they taught me as much as I taught them. Where, for example, the mentor actually taught me more than I was probably teaching them, but we actually both came out stronger. And as far as the ally, I thought I was giving someone a voice by using my voice, but I recognized I was actually giving her the platform so her voice could be heard. She told me like she said she had a voice she just needed to be heard so I, it wasn't about me i got something out of it because i learned how to be a better leader a better a better ally and guess what i'm doing i'm just actually helping human beings actually thrive and actually be themselves so they can light up
1: and then i can't thank you enough for joining us today we got about 30 seconds left and we're just one final message for maybe somebody that's you know they've gone through a tough three years with this pandemic and they're, they're looking to live a better life. Just one last message to anybody that might be on the 50 on the 50 line of should I buy this book or not? What, what can you do for them?
0: Yeah, I, I would say discover like a kid again, because I think when we do that, we actually welcome in differences. We actually invite the world in differently. We invite the surroundings. What we're doing is we're inviting, in, inviting possibilities, and that's where, that's where people are at. There are positive things. There are things that we can sync up to that are joyous. We need to do that right now. We need to think like a kid. We need to be able to see things and be open to things. We need to be able to connect things and rise each other up. Because I can promise you, when you do that, you're going to shine. And as you, as you help others do that as well, we're all going to get brighter as a result. Thank you
1: so much, Darren. Thank you for everybody listening today. You can buy Live Your Possible on Amazon. And you can visit Darren's website, ignitehappy.com. Thanks so much and congratulations to the class of 2022. Go live your possible and have a great weekend. Everybody we will see you next time here on 88.3 The Saint. Thanks.